as we seek to end the generational curses, we have to recognize the issues that plague a lot of our families. Issues such as alcoholism, drug addiction, sexual assault, children being used as a pawn to hurt a man or a woman in a relationship, in a failed relationship. Understanding these issues, dealing with, getting help from these issues, can change the tide in not only your life, but your children's life. But are you willing to do it? Do you really understand what the sins of a father mean? Do you really understand what generational curses are? Do you understand your role that you played in it or that your family member played? Or are you suffering from generational curses? Do you need help? Do you need guidance out of the darkness that you've been living in? Do you even understand what I'm talking about? Or where you at? Or how you got there? Find out next on the Past Present Podcast with your host, Alan the Great. Stay tuned. Growing up, I'm sure you heard these words. What happens in this house stays in this house. Don't go outside this house telling anybody else our business. Don't go outside this house telling anybody else what happens in this house. Whatever happens in this house stays in this house. You also heard stay in a child's place. Don't speak when you're not spoken to. Stay in a child's place. Stay out of adult conversation. Too many times you hear that. Too many times that's the very problem that we deal with in our home. Too many times this leads to what we call generational curses. Now last time I was on the radio when I mentioned generational curses, the person I was speaking to was like, black people are not cursed, we're not cursed. I never said we was. Generational curses people, or the curses are passed down, or bad behavior, habits that are passed down from generations before us to generations after. It's like a family heirloom. Something that you know you cherish. Something that you have purchased and passed down from one family member to another, from one generation to another. Something you hold close to you. Something that tells you about your culture, your history, your past, your family past. It's something that you might look at as something you want to share with others. But see, when we talk about generational curses, when we talk about the sins of our fathers, the sins of our mothers, See, those are things that we don't want to share with others. At least, not intentionally. However, it still happens, people. How does it happen? Sins of a father. Let's say you have a father or a mother that dealt with alcoholism. But you never talked to about it. You never dealt with it. They never see help for it. You had to see your mother and father fall down flat drunk, pissy drunk. You know what pissy drunk mean is? Actually drunk to a point they urinated on themselves. And you had to clean them up. Sometimes you may have to take yourself to school, feed yourself breakfast. You may have to make yourself dinner. You may have to take care of calling debt collectors, answering debt collectors' calls, trying to pay a bill, making excuses for your absentee mother and father while they was on a bender of either drunk or dealing with drug addicts. 
Not only did you have to experience living through this, no, no, not only did you have to experience going through this whole trauma, but this trauma has been consumed you because the genes, the sins of your father has been passed on to you. Now you become an adult, and after witnessing all this, maybe you're one of the lucky few that turn the corner and decide, I'm going to learn from their mistakes. But how often does that happen? Maybe you're that child that follows in your mother or father's footsteps. Follow the sins of your father and become that fallout drunk, that alcoholic. Because your father never seeked help. Your mother never seeked help. Maybe everyone sit there and tell you on one of their benders, put the alcohol in front of your face. Here, put some hair on your chest. Come on, son. This is going to make you a man. Pass you some alcohol, some beer, a little Henny, a little Jack. Give you a little alcohol, put some hair on the chest, make you a man. Give you your first taste of alcoholism. Maybe your parents dealt with something a little bit deeper, like drug addiction. Maybe hooked on heroin, cocaine, marijuana, whatever else, whatever their vice may be. They get hooked on it. And you then watch, once again, you're cleaning up out there on a fender. Absentee mother and father because they're out trying to chase that high. And you're wandering the street, trying to find them. They're going for days at a time, and all you're left with is wondering if your mother and father is still alive. Wondering whether your mother and father is still alive. You see the needles laying around. You see the drugs laying around. Maybe you take a little taste of it. Maybe you wonder why in your life right now you have trust issues. Maybe you wonder right now why you deal with alcoholism. Why do you deal with drug addiction? But more importantly, why can't you seek help from it? I know the Bible said it talks a lot about sins of the Father. It speaks about this. It speaks heavy about the sins of our Father, but we're not talking about the Bible right now. We're talking about real life and we experience it. I'm not saying the Bible is not real life, people. I'm talking about what you're experiencing in your life right now. What you're experiencing. I'm talking about the story of you. The book of you. A lot of times we talk about what happens in this household stays in this household. What don't get talked about, what don't get shared is physical and sexual abuse. See, it happens too often. Fathers with their daughters, uncles and cousins, mothers, aunts, family friends who sexually assault young children, young boys, young girls, sexually assault them, taking their innocence away from them. And you're not supposed to talk about what happens outside the house, so you're forced to deal with this. You suffer through this sexual assault. Not understanding what is happening to you, why it's happening to you. And when you look at society and the media and how they talk about the sins of a father and what they do with this and how they deal with it is, though they're quick to put you in jail and talk about the rehabilitational process of prison, which we'll get into, you truly are not rehabbed from it because there's not an under true understanding that displayed talked about in the media of what happens once you're sexually assaulted. Yeah, your innocence is not only taken, but your power is taken away. And what happens when someone takes your power away? What happens when someone takes something away from you, people? 
In that case, when you become sexual assault and the sins of the father, when we talk about generational curses, we talk about being passed off after the person is sexually assaulted, they are more than likely going to then become the predator who sexually assaults someone else. Why do they do it? You think just because they were done, it's done to them, so they figure someone else deserve it? Yeah, that's part of it. But more importantly, it's because they're trying to gain back their power. And the only way they feel they can get their power back is taking it from someone else. Not realizing what they're doing is they're passing on this treachery. They're passing on this generational curse. They're passing on this sin to a whole another generation. But this is a thing that keeps cycling through people's lives, through many of your lives who are watching this show right now. This is the thing that's happening in your household. But many people in your household are telling you, what happens in this house stays in this house. We don't talk about it. Don't go to a therapist talking about it. Don't tell the police about it. Don't tell your mom. Don't tell your dad. Don't tell your grandparents. Don't tell anybody that Uncle Charlie touched you. That your dad touched you. That your mom touched you inappropriate. That a friend of the family touched you. So a lot of children suffer through this only to become the predator. Become the thing that they despise. Because their innocence wasn't protected. There's no rehab for that. Not truly. There is none, people. Sins of the Father cancel. on. Too many times we talk about fathers missing in the household. In the black community, absentee fathers. Fathers who lay down, have these kids, but then don't want to stay around for the commitment. Don't want to stay around and raise their children. When you look at the prison system and how many black men are in the prison system, how many black women are in the prison system, when you look at statistics of why are crimes being committed, why are these people not only being in prison, but keep returning to prison? Is it because of a failing system? Absolutely it's a failing system where the prison system doesn't rehabilitate people. It doesn't do rehab people. It houses people. But I digress. The point is, a lot of times these fathers, these mothers, were stripped away from this house. They were stripped away from the house because, as we talked about before, bullcrap drug charges, like the charge. But let's talk about some of those details. A lot of times fathers who are not absentee are not in their family's eyes because they become a pawn in a failed relationship. The children become a pawn in a failed relationship. If you don't know what I mean, people, let me explain. Man and woman date. They date for a while. The relationship doesn't work out. It doesn't work out the way they intended to. Maybe, you know, they just are not vibing. You know, the love's not there anymore. Needless to say, whether she left or he left, the relationship is no longer viable. You're no longer connected. They're no longer compatible. So the relationship splits. What happens when there's a child involved? In too many cases, that child becomes a pawn for one, two things. One, child support, financial su support. Not to support the actual child's needs, growth, things that he needs. Not physical or mental support, but sometimes the support that said women or man's needs. But then a bigger thing, that child becomes a pawn where it's being used to punish the father, punish the mother. I'm going to keep my child away from your child away from you as a way of punishing you because you don't want to be in a relationship with me. Because we're not together, 
You cannot have our child. You cannot spend time with our child. You cannot help raise our child. Which is leading to that child growing up in the world, in a cold world, with no father, no mother at times, in a world that doesn't love them, that has a prison cell, three hots and cots waiting for them, waiting for her. Too many times doors growing up without a father in the household. And they're seeking and searching for love from a man and not even truly understand what love means. What does love truly mean? How a man should treat him? And it's not because the father didn't want to be in their lives. Because so many times we fall into that narrative that the father, the black father, don't want to be in their lives. And we ignore the fact that children are becoming pawns. And too many times becoming pawns in relationships to to basically, I'm trying to get the word out, I'm like, it's not here right now, to punish, sorry, I had a hard time to get that word out, to punish that father for a failed relationship. Too many times it's happened. But I just talked you a lot, and it's a lot to unpack, so let's back it up a little bit. Let's back it up a little bit, and let's go back, and let's unpack alcoholism first. Alcoholism is a real thing in a household. Alcoholism is when a man or a woman or a person is consumed with alcohol. They tell you that you know you just try to get a little taste of liquor, a little taste of beer. But then that little taste turns a little bit more, and another little taste, and you know how it is. You you probably deal with sugar addiction, you know you actually one cup of coffee, you go get two, you need a third cup to keep you through the day. And it's sort of like you alcohol. You get that one taste that you know you try and wind down from the day. Have a rough day, have a rough week, then another taste. Then another taste, and before you know it, you're too drunk to walk home. You're spitting up and pissing all over yourself. You go back to your family, your children are seeing you in this undesirable state. In this undesirable state. You refuse to accept the fact that you have an addiction, that you have a problem. You refuse to acknowledge the fact that you were not in your children's life in the way that they should, becoming a good role model. You refuse to accept the fact that you showed your child your son or your daughter, what alcoholism is, and not in a good way. And not only have you done that, in the midst of a bonding time with your child, you wrap your arms around your child, you grab a bottle of that liquor, your favorite drink, some Jack Daniels, some Henny, some Henny, some Remy, whatever your vice is. And you wrap your arm around in a bonding moment with your child, your young child, Fragile-minded child, you say, hey, here, take a little taste. Put a little hair on your chest, son. This is going to make you a man. And what you're doing is you're opening the door for them to suffer. To suffer the same addiction that you suffer from. That you refuse to get help from. That you don't realize that you need help from. Because the first step to receiving help is to acknowledge that you have a problem. But you've been lying to yourself so long. You don't realize you have a problem. You have people around you lying so long that you don't realize that you don't realize you have a problem because they're only supporting the belief that you got your alcoholism under control. Your children notice it, but you're not listening to them because what we said at the beginning. The children, child is supposed to be seen and not heard. Stay out of own folks' business. Now, as you introduce that child to that first swig of alcohol, 
Maybe they feel it's disgusting. Maybe they enjoy it. Maybe they look at it as this is a way of connecting with my father or my mother. This is a way of bonding with them. So even though I don't like this alcohol, I'm going to drink it. And I'm going to take another sip. I'm going to take another sip. Well, you know what? Maybe suffer from the same issue as you. Sins of a father. Was given where now this child is now growing up with the alcohol problem. The sin was passed down through another generation. Another generation bites the dust as the alcoholism continues on. Drug addiction, same situation. In the midst of trying to bond with a mother or father that's often gone for days at a time, wondering if that mother or father is dead, locked up in jail, where are they? A child is getting themselves up in the morning, taking themselves to school, lying to the teachers, signing permission slips, signing homework with their parents' name, making excuses for debt collectors when they call, taking the role of a parent even though their young mind is not molded and not raised to accept such responsibility, they are forced and thrusted into a situation, sometimes even taking on the responsibility of raising younger child or younger, younger siblings, excuse me. And in the midst of that, maybe the mom or dad, you know, got to need a while, sniff a little coke, sniff a little heroin, smoke a little bit. In the midst of put their arm around the child. Hey, come around here. You need to get introduced to this now. Because, see, the world is hard. This is the conversation. The world is hard, you know. And you think that you're beautiful now. Or you think you're handsome now. Or you think you got it all figured out. But you don't really got it figured out. You're not going to be able to deal with it. You think you're stronger than me. You think you're tougher than me. You think you're better than me. You ain't better than me. Why don't you take a little sniff of this? So then you understand how I so you know how I feel. See, what they're doing is they're pulling their child into their world, their world of pain and suffering. And even though this young child don't understand what's happening to your world, why are you on these drugs? This young child in no way can truly help you through your addiction and relive yourself and to relieve yourself of whatever pain you're suffering from. You're thrusting this child into a world of addiction that not only is hard for you to do, will be an almost virtually impossible for them to drive. You send them down a road of destruction. You send them down a road where generational curses will be passed on to another generation. Sins of a father. Here's a child, once again, like the child with alcoholism, trying to bond with that parent. They take a hit of that heroin, which one is one of the most addictive drugs in the world. One of the most difficult drugs to get on. And now they hooked with a new best friend who like the streets and like the cold world that they live in, don't love it. Has no glory, has no benefit for the future. But we go deeper, people. Because see, this is where we go to the things we don't like to talk about. Let's unpack sexual assault. In too many times in too many families, sexual assault continues to happen. Why does it continue to happen? One, because it's never truly addressed. It's never truly addressed, handled, or properly. The counseling, necessary counseling needed is never there. I mean, when you hear about sexual assault cases, 
rape cases and people who are recently released, yes, they're put on a list. Yes, they're put on a sex offender list, and when they move into a neighborhood, yes, the people in the neighborhood know that this was a sex offender. This person right here touched someone inappropriately, someone they violated someone without their permission. This person right here took someone's innocence away. And yes, we now know. So what do we do, people? We round up the posse, get some torches, the pitchforks, guns, and we walk up to that sex offender's house, and we're going to let them know that you will not touch my child inappropriately or no one else in the neighborhood. Yeah, we can do that. And then we can just, or we can just run them out the neighborhood because we don't want no sex offenders in our neighborhood. But what we don't want to do is we don't want to understand how things start. How things start, people. How did this person get on this road? Why we don't understand it, people? Because we don't care about that. We more care about protecting our children. We more care about protecting those we love. Well, if we truly cared about that, we would try to understand why this person did what they did. Why? Because this may put an end to this generation cycle that continues on that threatens so many families. That has penetrated, no pun intended, so many families. Because sexual assault happens. But the issue is, again, a child is supposed to be hurt, seen, not heard. So you're told to not speak about this set trauma. You're told to keep the what happens in our house stay in our house. So don't go outside the school telling them about Uncle Charlie or your dad or your best friend or your mom touching you. Don't go speaking about it. Don't go speaking about you don't understand why your innocence was touched, why some young boy has been touched, and now he's confused about sexuality, or some woman, young lady was touched, now she's confused about sexuality, she's confused about how she feels about her body, or he can feel about how he feels about his body, and not only does he feel confused or she feels confused, they feel powerless. So they grow up feeling powerless, and they now must try to make someone else feel the same way. So they then become from the prey to the actual predator, preying on someone else's child. And you never see them coming because, yes, you're watching the sex offender list, you're watching the sex offender, but you're not watching this person right here who was offended, who was sexually assaulted, who has now become the offender because they're seeking back their power. They never truly got the therapy, the assistance they need to heal from this trauma. Because we act like trauma. We act like mental health is such a bad thing in the community. And we pass this trauma down to two main generations. It's happening two main times. And the bigger issue with it is, it's not talked about. It's swept in the rug. People go to their grave denying it. Parents deny it because they don't want to deal with what happened. But we truly worry about and focus on protecting our children. We have to open ourselves up to listen to our children. Have these conversations. Go through the difficult process of healing from these things and helping those who suffered sexual assaults, who have been violated, who innocence has been taken, whose power has been taken away. We have to then try to help them heal, help them regain their power in a way that doesn't cause someone else hurt. We have to speak out about these issues. We have to confront these issues. We got to stop trying to hide things in our house because we're afraid to be exposed or our dirty laundry to be aired and be embarrassed about something that happened that was out of our control. You gotta get real, people.
because the sins of the father continue to drift on. But we got one more, people, before we run out of time. And this is a big one. Because a lot of men out there are like, oh boy, I'm glad you talked about this. Because they experienced it. Now, there are some men, and let's just put a little disclaimer. There are some men who out here that are just deadbeat fathers. And that don't mean just black people. That means white, Latino, Asian, Indian. There are just some fathers who are just some men who are just deadbeat fathers. And I don't mean it don't matter what race they are. They just are not good fathers. They are not equipped with the skills, the mindset to be a good father. Some men are deadbeat fathers. It has nothing to do with the mother. It has nothing to do with anything other than the fact they're just not mature and they're too self-indulged too selfish to be a father. Okay? Let's just put that disclaimer out there. But just like you have those deadbeat fathers, you have fathers who are out there who want to be in their child's life, who want to be the man of their child's life, who want to be there to help their son be raised up to be a man, who want to come and love their daughter, properly love their daughter, and raise her up to be a young woman. Show her how a man is supposed to treat and love and respect her. Show her their son how a man is supposed to respect and love a woman. Show them how to be a man. Show them how to be a young woman. Be there to nurture them. Be there to protect them from the ills of the cold world. The prison system that is waiting with three hots in a cot. There are men out there who want to take that role and who are ready to stand on that podium and be that father. No, they're not going to be a perfect father, but then again, neither am I. And neither is there a perfect father or perfect mother out there. But the issue is sometimes when these men are in relationships with these women, it's not the, always the man issue that he don't want to be a father. Sometimes it just happens where even though you had a relationship, even though y'all had sexual relationships and y'all had a child together, it don't mean y'all was compatible. And sometimes the relationship just don't work. And in the midst of this relationship not working, the child suffers because you use the child as a pawn to punish this man because your relationship that don't work. Because the relationship is not working, y'all wasn't compatible, he moved on, maybe he found another woman, and they are compatible, and they have a great life. You choosing to punish this man by keeping that man's child away from him. But you don't understand the sins of a father of what you're doing. The sins of your actions are causing this young woman to feel abandoned by a man, seeking the love from another man. Seeking the love without understanding what truly love means. Seeking the comfort of another man who may mistreat him. This young man out here, he don't understand how to be a man. He don't understand what it's like to be a man. So he goes out here looking for a father figure. And the father figure he finds is that dude on the streets, gangs, who's telling him, yo, sell this crack. We love you, man. We're here to protect you. We're here to protect you from all your feelings stuff. We're teaching you how to numb your feelings. Next thing you know, that young man is either in a jail or in the grave. Next thing you know, that young woman had more kids, and then she ends up with a dude that is that deadbeat father that doesn't want to take care of his kids. And you sit here blaming her and criticizing her for why she laid down with that man. But you used her and him as a pawn to sit here and hurt someone. The sins of a father. You got to stop, people. You got to stop. The relationship didn't work. Get over it. Move on. Don't use your child as a pawn. Don't use them as a pawn. Let that father be a father in your children's lives because it doesn't, the hurt is not going to affect you. It's going to affect your child. And you got to love your child more than you sitting there hating some man because a relationship didn't work. Get over it. Move on, people.
It's time for us to grow and deal with the issues that we hide from. Time has come for us to sit here and stop trying to hide behind closed doors, trying to sweep everything under the rug and start discussing the things that happen. Listen to our children. Talk about it, people. Seek help for alcoholism, drug addiction, sexual abuse. Stop using your children as a pawn and remember what their true intentions are. Raise our children up. Stop generational curses. We can stop them today. It's not too late to stop generational curses. It's not too late to change the tide. I want to thank you for joining me for another episode of Past to Present Podcast. Until next time, people, stay woke, stay focused, and most importantly, stay tuned. Peace.